Welcome to Chetting Kea On Air, a series of discussions about topical legal issues hosted by Chetting Kea. We're a full-service law firm based in Istanbul, serving local and international clients. With decades of experience, we provide bespoke legal and compliance advice to law firms, businesses, individuals, entrepreneurs and families. Hello and welcome to the next Chetting Kea uh, podcast in the Data Protection and Privacy series. I'm here today with Bentley Yass, the uh, data protection partner at Chetinkaya Attorneys at Law. How are you today, Bentley? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Kevin? Yeah, very good, thanks. Very good. Um, we're here today and we're going to be talking about data breaches in Turkey. And um, coming from the UK, Bentley, uh, I know data breaches is a, you know, a well-discussed topic, but it, it seems to be something that's, that's quite new that people are discussing in Turkey. Is that right? Well, I would say that that's right just by the virtue of the fact that uh, the data protection law in Turkey is itself quite new. It was um, published and came into effect in 2016. Um, and as it was published in 2016, basic awareness of it, both in terms of the data subjects and also data controllers in Turkey, is only, I would say, recently gaining traction. So an element such as data breaches has definitely become more important in recent years mm -hmm. uh, but it goes hand in hand with general awareness of privacy and data protection issues in Turkey and is there relatively recent in Turkey i would say that it is um, a new area or a new consideration for data controllers operating in Turkey or foreign data controllers that have interests in Turkey Excellent, excellent. So, um, you know, to sort of get us rolling, um, I suppose a good question to ask is, you know, what is the general regulatory regime concerning data breaches in Turkey? Well, obviously, the, f the fundamental bit of legislation that governs data breaches is the Turkish data protection law, which makes reference to the fact that data controllers have to take the required administrative and technical measures uh, to safeguard any personal data that they're processing. And the same clause, the same article in the data protection law also imposes the obligation that if there is any unauthorized or unlawful access to personal data that data controllers are processing, that um, without delay, this unauthorized access is notified both to the Turkish Data Protection Authority and also to the impacted data subjects. However, the provision within the law itself is quite simple and in terms of shaping implementation it wasn't really sufficient so and the Turkish Data Protection Authority further shaped implementation and defined it further with um, a board ruling that was published on the 15th of February 2019. Okay. And within the board ruling it provided particular guidance as to the timelines in which data controllers should notify such suspected data breaches and also set out more detailed guidelines as to the methodology of such reporting. So with the board ruling, uh, it was decided that once a data breach was identified, that data controllers would have to notify the Turkish Data Protection Authority within 72 hours of determining that such a breach had occurred. And there are a couple of ways that they can do that um, on the Turkish Data Protection Authority's website, there is a section where um, such notifications can be made electronically directly over the website, or there is a form that can be filled out and sent either um, in writing or electronically by email to the Turkish Data Protection Authority. That expands upon the details of uh, the material facts of the data breach. Okay, and um, 
is that something that you know you find that you're giving a lot of guidance to clients with um are, are you finding that this is something that you're you're discussing a lot with clients I would definitely say so. It's because, first of all, um, the 72-hour deadline is quite significant. It's quite a tight deadline. So it requires two elements, I would say, um, when you look at it from the perspective of our clients. First of all, there's a requirement of awareness of the 72-hour deadline. Mm -hmm. As I said, the 72-hour deadline wasn't in the law, but it was shaped by um, a board ruling that further detailed the implementation and practices of data breach notification. So with this being the case, the Turkish Data Protection Authority in the ruling also stated that this 72-hour deadline, if sufficient information isn't available about the breach, that they still there's a general expectation that an initial notification as to the determination or the occurrence of a breach is made, and later on the, the data controller submits a follow-up notification once they have more details about the circumstances of the of the breach. So the 72-hour deadline is taken quite seriously by the Turkish Data Protection Authority. And in that sense, it does require an awareness that this deadline does exist. And the second important element that, we've, um, that comes up when we're advising clients in this area is preventative measures with regard to, or preparatory measures with regard to this deadline. As in, it's not only sufficient to be aware of this deadline, but having the required mechanisms or having the required uh, systems within the company, within the data controller, that if such a breach is identified, that this 72-hour deadline can be met or quick uh, definitive determinations regarding the breach and regarding what elements can and should be reported to the Data Protection Authority can be made quickly and can be made decisively, setting up those mechanisms within the company and working with our clients to ensure that such mechanisms are in place is also another important part of our advisory services. Right, sounds like the, the preventative measures, you know, you, you might not have a data breach or might not be thinking about it, but as a company, it would be good to have sort of knowledge of it just in case it happens. Definitely. I mean, as every company would now um, is now increasingly recognising, um, it's beyond contestation that every company touches upon personal data be it the personal data of their employees, be it personal data of their customers, their user base. Obviously, the type and the industry of the company determines um, the extent and the volume of personal data that they touch upon and, and that they process. But when you look at it from the perspective of for a company, every company will have personal data. So by having personal data and by keeping it on different physical and electronic systems, every company is open to a potential data breach. So taking the required technical and administrative measures to make sure that these breaches don't occur is obviously the most important preventative element of it. But also being aware and having policies and processes in place that if the worst case scenario of a data breach does happen, that this can be identified quickly, that the root causes can be identified, that mitigation measures can be put in place to ensure that the breach does not continue or that the negative effects can be contained and the required notification processes both to the data protection authority and the data subjects can be made um, is a very important element for data controllers. Excellent. So it sounds like a great way to sort of manage your risk if you're a business. And I suppose it would be good to sort of talk about the sort of consequences. So, you know, when it comes to things like sanctions, you know, how can these be uh, applied in the situation of a, of a data breach? Well, the data protection law actually determines two areas of sanctions or two types of sanctions, to be more precise, with regard to data breaches. The first one is the administrative fines that can be issued by the Turkish Data Protection Authority. 
And these administrative fines we've seen in practice um, are issued on two separate grounds. So for decisions that the Turkish Data Protection Authority have published with regard to data breaches, we see that the larger, more significant fine is issued for uh, the data controller not having the required administrative and technical measures in place in the first place, which then led to the possibility of the data breach. And the second, sometimes equally as significant when you look at it value-wise, but also but compared to the administrative measures maybe on the lower scale, is a sanction that can be implemented uh, due to uh, the data controller not making a timely notification to either the data protection authority or to the impacted data subjects. So the fines are one area. There's also another measure that's granted to the data protection authority under the data protection law, and that is at their discretion, the data protection authority can officially publish an announcement as to the notification of a data breach on their official website. As it says at the discretion of the Turkish Data Protection Authority, there's no clear transparent guidelines as to what criteria the Turkish Data Protection Authority takes into account when determining whether to publish officially and publicly publish such a notification that it has received. But we have seen at least 30, 40 data breaches that have been notified to the Turkish Data Protection Authority later published on their website. Um, and for breaches of different magnitudes and breaches of different severity, the Turkish Data Protection Authority has published these decisions. Some of the more significant ones, for example, would be the breach notifications made by certain banks in Turkey. Okay. Marriott International Starwood Hotel data breach. Uh, the data breach by Zynga in Ireland, Microsoft and EasyJet. So these were all data breach notifications that these companies made to the Turkish Data Protection Authority, and the Turkish Data Protection Authority later published these breaches, providing a basic overview of the information that it received as to the date of the breach, how the breach occurred, the impacted category of data subjects, uh, the type of personal data that was most likely subject to the data breach, uh, what mitigating measures the company had taken, and how to contact the company to obtain uh, further information. So, as I said, those are the two general sanction areas that might be applied um, if a data breach notification is made. Okay. And when it comes to sort of a, a company's reputation, um, having these data breaches sort of published, is that is that working for these companies or against it, their companies when it comes to their reputation and, and, and this type of sort of uh, element? Well, obviously, when you look at it, that's, I mean, that's a very good question. And obviously, when you look at it from the perspective of these companies, while the fines can be significant, there have been fines issued by the Data Protection Authority and also published publicly. So it's common knowledge and public knowledge um, that these higher level of fines exist up to uh, 1.1 million Turkish liras based on certain data breaches. Um, however, as you pointed out, despite the fact that these administrative fines can reach high volumes or high uh, value, the most significant impact probably, particularly because the P Data Protection Authority has uh, this discretionary right to publish these data breaches, is the impact that it has on uh, the company's reputation. Yeah. Particularly when you look at consumer-facing companies that deal with maybe sensitive information such as payment information, which was maybe the case for the Marriott Hotel's data breach when the data breach notification that was published by the Turkish Data Protection Authority pointed out that various payment methods and details as to the payment methods would have also been subject to the breach. Or when you look at it in terms of uh, data breach notifications published regarding breaches that um, certain banks suffered, again, these have 
it's very probable potential to impact uh, the reputation of these um, institutions um, in terms of how consumers view them and how consumers interact with these brands as well. Particularly when you look at areas where security and safety of personal information is of utmost importance, fintech, finance, insurance. Having a data breach and having this data breach publicly published on the website of the Data Protection Authority is obviously something that remains there and something that can obviously then impact consumer choices and consumer approach. Excellent. Okay, thanks for running through that. And, um, you know, when it comes to sort of sanctions, are there, are there any thresholds or exceptions um, where breaches need to be reported? Do breaches, you know, occurring abroad need to be reported, for example? Well, there's no thresholds in terms of thresholds that are subject to uh, notification. So unlike, unlike the GDPR, where certain data breaches, if they don't impact a significant number of data subjects, or if the impact of the data breach is insignificant and therefore don't satisfy a general threshold for a requirement of notification, uh, the Turkish Data Protection Law has no such restriction, which then means that in terms of strict compliance necessities, a data breach that only a single data subject's information has been accessed in an unauthorized or unlawful manner uh, would then be required to be notified to the Turkish Data Protection Authority. So in terms of threshold of affected number of data subjects or the overall impact of the breach taking into account the type of personal data that was affected by the breach, there are no such legal risk assessment or legal thresholds or provide exemptions to the notification requirement. Excellent. Thanks. And, um, and, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, a company, what's the board's approach to notify data breaches? You know, what sanctions have been applied and uh, to what extent have they been applied? That's quite a tricky question to answer. It's, it's mainly because, and we have to take into account two factors here. Again, going back to the fact that data protection and privacy legislation in Turkey is a relatively new area. Admittedly, it has been around now almost for half a decade. However, as a concept, it has impacted the way businesses approach one of their most important assets, which is personal data. And awareness of the fact that these rights and these assets require this level of protection um, is only newly starting to take form and take hold, in fact. So the fact that as a whole in a country, both in terms of administrative uh, bodies and also in terms of companies and data controllers operating in Turkey, that the awareness is only now starting to catch up to the importance of this topic is, is one uh, background fact to take into account. The other background fact to take into account is the fact that the Turkish Data Protection Authority, while very active and constantly through looking at examples of um, their European counterparts or their counterparts and other legislation that's applicable in other parts of the world are constantly trying to better themselves and develop implementation is quite a young, inexperienced body when you look at it in terms of data protection governance um, and how to approach issues such as data breaches. So when you take these two background facts into account, it's quite easy to understand this next criticism, uh, which is that implementation of sanctions aren't at the moment uniform. 
which obviously leads to a degree of uncertainty for data controllers operating in Turkey or foreign data controllers who process the personal data of data subjects in Turkey. There have been a wide variety of fines uh, across a broad spectrum. There have been fines that are closer to the lower limit um, available under the relative provision of the data protection law, which would be around 20 to 30,000 TL. And there have also been fines um, that are at the upper limit um, available under the law, which is ranging from about a million Turkish liras to 1.2, 1.3 million Turkish liras. So there is a broad scope that these fines can be implemented. And at the moment, there doesn't seem to be any particular transparent criteria that determines when these different sanctions have been applied and why. First of all, as I said, in terms of publishing, officially publishing both these data breaches and also the actions and the sanctions taken by the Turkish Data Protection Authority against uh, such breaches, um, there seems to be no clear rubric or no clear criteria as to what companies and what breaches the board has published. At the moment, as I said, there is about 35 to 40 published instances on uh, the official website of the Turkish Data Protection Authority, but... Um, as a practitioner in this area, we're aware that there is a significantly higher number of data breaches that have been notified to the board, which means the majority of the notified breaches haven't been officially published, I mean, which is something that is up to the discretion of the board. However, there's no clear rubric as to why the board has decided to publish certain uh, data breach notifications and why they haven't published certain other of these uh, breach notifications. There is a tendency, particularly if it is a large-scale and publicised data breach, um, particularly one that has also been reported on internationally and has impacted users from multiple different companies, uh, countries, apologies, multiple different countries, uh, such as the data breach that Facebook um, reported and was globally reported, uh, dub smashes, Marriott Hotels, Cathay Pacific Airlines. When you look at these data breaches that impacted uh, or data subjects, in numerous different countries and they were widely reported in the, the press or the more specialised technology press, then these breaches were also publicly published on the official website of uh, the Turkish Data Protection Authority. However, there have been smaller scale localised data breaches as well from banks in Turkey or from smaller medium enterprises in Turkey um, that have also been published on uh, the official website of the Turkish Data Protection Authority. So in terms of publicising these events, there doesn't seem to be any clear guidance at the moment. The same lack of uniformity also goes for the administrative fines that have been issued. As I said, there's a very broad scope in terms of available um, value of the fine uh, that's issued. And when you look at similar circumstances or data breaches of similar volume or similar severity, from the rulings of the board that have been published, there seems to be a lack of uniformity there as well in terms of both the fine that's administered against the company because they didn't take the required technical or administrative measures and also the fine that's been implemented against companies uh, because in the board's uh, judgment they have not notified the data breach to the board in a timely manner. Timely manner being up to the board's discretion before the board ruling of uh, the 15th of February and after the ruling within 72 hours. But even since that ruling, when you look at board rulings on um, notified data breaches and the fines that have been administered against such companies, there doesn't seem to be uniformity there as well. For example, for a failure to notify in a timely manner, in some of the published board decisions, um, the administrative fine has been at the level of 450,000 TL. Sometimes it's been 350,000 TL. 
um, and sometimes it's been lower, as in, as low as 50,000 TL. Obviously, there's some correlation between the amount of time that it took the data controller identifying this breach and the moment and the date that it was notified to the board, uh, to the Data Protection Authority itself. But sometimes when you look at decisions, delays of similar periods of time, so we're talking about maybe two to four months, um, that were reported to the board roughly at the same time, so the first half of 2019, or the second half of 2019. Even there, there seems to be differences in the level of administrative fine issued against the company. Therefore, that seems to be one of the major areas of concern for data controllers who are having an internal business um, and risk assessment before making such uh, data breach notifications to the board in terms of there is a lack of clarity and certainty in terms of what actions the board might take. There's a lack of certainty as to will this notification be published on the board's website, thereby leading to, as you were pointing out, a reputational damage? Or will we have to face a larger fine than maybe a similar breach that we can see that was published a few couple of months ago? Um, that lack of certainty does make decision-making aspects within the company and risk assessment aspects within the company a bit more complicated when deciding how to proceed. Excellent, excellent. And, you know, it sounds like the Data Protection Authority in Turkey is quite new and, it, you know, in some respects it might be finding its way, uh, getting used to what its role is um, in, you know, in Turkey when it comes to data breaches. Can they learn anything from things like GDPR or, or, or anything like this? You know, can a, can a business maybe look at what GDPR is doing when it comes to data breaches and maybe follow these guidelines? What, what What's the sort of best way to sort of look at that and in terms of giving advice to Turkish businesses? I think it's good to separate that question into two. Definitely businesses looking at GDPR as uh, some best practice elements is important and would be beneficial, but relying upon that argument uh, wouldn't, from a strict compliance and legal implementation and interpretation sense, wouldn't actually provide them a sufficient defense saying that GDPR best practices were implemented doesn't necessarily mean that the board will take this into account and accept that as a legitimate defence if there was a data breach and if the board in Turkey, if the Turkish Data Protection Authority in Turkey ruled that sufficient measures weren't taken. So for companies in Turkey at the moment looking at both the guidance and the best practices um, within the European Union in the context of the GDPR, but also looking at the material published by the Turkish Data Protection Authority, including guidance on measures that can be taken um, and internal structures that should be set up to ensure uh, that such breaches can be determined, identified, mitigated and reported would be uh, beneficial. In terms of the board, it is apparent that in order to educate themselves, both the board of the Turkish Data Protection Authority and um, the relevant civil service structure within it do look to good examples, best practice examples, obviously particularly in the European Union and the GDPR, because the Turkish Data Protection Law is based on the previous directive. So looking at best practices there, you can definitely see that it has shaped implementation and interpretation by the board to the degree that sometimes, particularly some more recent rulings by the board make reference to certain provisions of the GDPR to strengthen the explanation or the interpretation that they've reached. Obviously, there is a debate, ongoing debate, between uh, about whether the board relying upon such provisions of the GDPR is appropriate, considering that while it is a guiding 
piece of legislation it doesn't actually binding or have any implementation within Turkey. However, it does show that the board is looking abroad and looking at best practices when determining how to develop implementation and we're increasing harmonization with such other forms of legislation. In fact, it is also known through public declarations by the board that they are now looking to see how best to harmonize uh, the Turkish data protection law with the GDPR. As I said, the current Turkish data protection law is based on the directive, which was what was previously in effect within the European Union. So seeing the board identify the differences between the directive and the GDPR and how best to harmonize and develop the best practices in Turkey is a promising um, approach. However, again, due to some of the um, issues regarding uniform application or interpretation or transparency regarding some of the rulings, it still does lead to a degree of uncertainty uh, when approaching from a data controller's perspective as to the measures both in terms of mitigation and reporting that should be taken. Excellent, excellent. You know, it sounds like one of those things that, you know, you should really sort of focus on the jurisdiction you're in rather than looking out to other jurisdictions for, for best practice, even though your, your company might be working overseas and, you know, with, a, with another jurisdiction, you need to know about GDPR, but it really doesn't mean anything here, really, at the end of the day. So you do, do really need to get the advice from a professional if you're not sure about these things. Definitely. Um, it, it's not possible for any uh, data controller whether they be in whether they be operating in in Turkey or being a foreign data controller that has data processing interests with regard to uh, data subjects in Turkey to only look at best practices abroad or look at the GDPR and think that GDPR compliance provides an umbrella of protection and certainty for them. They definitely do have to look within the specifics of the Turkish data protection law and as we've said previously because the implementation of the Turkish data protection law has been shaped so much by uh, subsequent board rulings and board decisions and commentary by the board looking at those in specific to see uh, what measures should be taken and if they do have a data breach um, that involves Turkish data subjects when determining if and how to notify this data breach looking at uh, the general implementation and approach of the board and in that circumstances it's obviously important to get constructive guidance from um, local firms or from local experts that can both provide context on the law, but also in terms of the trends of implementation and maybe provide better guidance as to uh, what they predict the approach of the board might be. Excellent. and Excellent. Some really good information there, Bentley. Um, I, I suppose the last thing to sort of cover uh, would be, you know, what are the major considerations for companies um, who've identified a data breach? Well, I mean, first of all, again, as we mentioned, there's no threshold um, regarding reporting obligation under the Turkish Data Protection Law, which would mean that strict compliance necessitates any such data breach identified, regardless of it just involves one data subject or thousands of data subjects, that should by law be reported to the Turkish Data Protection Authority. So data controllers, when they're making these assessments, should take that into account and should also take, in, take into account the fact that, um, particularly with regard to two decisions that the board has published on Facebook, that these data breaches were not notified to the board in any official capacity. But the board, because obviously the Facebook data breaches were so widely publicised in the world, what the board did was look and 
surmise that Turkish data subjects must have been impacted by this and therefore launched their own investigation and subsequently issued both public notification and also um, issued a fine against Facebook. So data controllers that are located abroad shouldn't only rely upon the fact that they are abroad and that the Therefore, the Turkish Data Protection Authority won't attempt any extraterritorial implementation of the law. However, from what we've seen in terms of practice, there have been many instances, particularly due to the fact that it is a discretionary and, at the moment, not completely transparent measure that the board has uh, to publicly publish these data breaches, that data controllers do make a risk assessment regarding the severity of the breach, the possibility of whether this breach will be, due to its significance or due to the nature of the company, uh, be published in any foreign press or any um, industry journal, and finally make a decision regarding how a public notification or how a public uh, statement on the website of the Turkish Data Protection Authority would impact their reputation and their brand value. So, we have had instances in, in within my time um, advising such companies, such individual business risk assessments have been made. Uh, so for companies, as I said, either data controllers in Turkey or data controllers operating outside of Turkey but have data processing interests regarding Turkish data subjects, um, these considerations are valid considerations. But that's obviously up until the point. That only comes into point after a data breach is identified. Um, as always... Our primary advice and our primary field um, of support to our clients have always been preventative, working with them to understand their processes, uh, putting in place and working with either their technical staff or working together with our technical partners in order to determine what measures should be implemented, in order to minimise the risk of such data breaches, and also working within the structure of our clients to help set up internal governance um, and control mechanisms to make sure that such unauthorised or unlawful access doesn't happen. Because in terms of data breaches and potential sanctions for data breaches, the best way to minimise um, any such sanctions is obviously to take the required preventative measures and to make sure that not only are these measures taken, but there's a sufficient safeguarding governance mechanism within the company to constantly review and, if required, update the measures that have been taken. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much, Bentley. You've gone through some, some, some great detail there when it comes to data breaches in Turkey. We'll be back again for the next data protection podcast soon. <laughs> Thanks. If you have any feedback on this podcast or would like to recommend other topics for us to discuss, you can contact us at info at Also, for more information on what we do and our other insights, please visit our webpage, chettingkaya.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.